Well, I will uh, try to keep you engaged this morning, so it'll take your uh, mind off how warm you're going to get here this morning. I know we all got the warning about it being a little bit of a warmer morning here at the Boys and Girls Club, uh, so we will kind of just roll into it and get moving. There is a dual motivation that I have for wanting to use the text messaging today, and that's the fact that very often what happens is I sit in the back of, back of the uh, auditorium here, and I love to take my notes on my iPhone. And uh, the problem is, if I sit anywhere up front, then people are looking at me thinking the whole time I'm texting, okay? So this is to kind of get you guys comfortable with the fact that if you ever see me sitting in the church, I'm not sending out text messages. I'm actually taking notes. And if you want to get on my list, I could actually send you the notes at the end of every sermon. I do it with my wife. I send her the notes. And so by the time that we get home, she has the notes from the sermon so that's part of my motivation in wanting to do this. But I'm going to make it an interactive sermon. You know, what am I preaching on this morning? Uh, part of it I don't know, because you're going to help determine what it is we're going to cover this morning as we go through it. Now, um, some of you guys registered in advance in about three or four minutes. We're going to look at a video. And during that video, the text message is going to appear on the screen. And, uh, or the, the number that you can text. And what, when that number comes up there, you can text the word hello to that number, what will happen, provided we don't crash the system, since this is the first time we're tying it with this big of a group, but what should happen is a text message will come back to you asking for your email address, and then a second message will come back asking you for your name. You just put that in there. That's just kind of a way of registering, and at that point in time, you're ready to go, okay? So you have permission. If you need to turn your phone on vibrate, if you get a message back, you could do that um, so that you don't disturb everybody else around you. Or that might even be kind of fun just to hear all these text messages flying back and forth. We can kind of go whatever way we want with it. The uh, kind of the theme of the morning is what I've got up there on the screen. It's the other 316s, a lens to look at the world. There's kind of a message that I've had in the back of my mind for a while, and I was trying to think, what are some of the ways that we can kind of capture that message? How can I communicate? What's the thought that's back there that, you know, I can try to really get across to people? Um, and that's kind of where I want to go with the, me with the message this morning, is to take a look at that, and I had a couple of different ideas. But before we go to that, um, last week there was a group of seven of us that had a chance to go down to the uh, Cumberland Gap National Park on a backpacking trip. So just to show those of you what you missed, uh, and also just to kind of generate some excitement, and to tell you what we did, uh, there were seven of the guys that went down there, and this is a few of the uh, photos that we have from it. We started off the hike, obviously, in the parking lot, hiked five miles in on the first day. Uh, then we arrived at our camp. We forgot to bring an axe, and so we came up with creative ways to kind of try to chop a tree down or uh, break it into smaller logs for our bonfire. And uh, we did get a nice fire going. Uh, the next day, we left all our stuff at the camp, and we hiked 13 miles throughout the park, went to a couple different places, and here's some of the things that um, we had a chance to do. A lot of up things, I guess, there. Um, there is a settlement up there called the Hensley Settlement, and it's a beautiful place. It's up at an elevation of about 3,300 feet. The flowers were blooming. Um, some very picturesque-type places to kind of look and hike around and be up there. And then... Um, this is the group assembled in a couple different places where you can see uh, either down into the mountains or whatever. This is our campsite, inclusive of Paul Henderson. Those of you that, you know, Paul always gets here very early to help set up and do things like that. Well, this is how Paul's mornings start. Uh, bottom left there as he's popping out of the tent. And then the hike ended with uh, everybody getting tired at the place, but then here's our group loaded up with our packs ready to go. 
one of the things, let me just ask this question. Um, if you know what this says, I don't want you to say it, but does anybody here know what this says? Anybody recognize this one? Okay, and then guess what language? There you go, Russian. Okay, what about the top one? Anybody know what that one says? Bottom one? Okay, what's the top language? Chinese? Bottom one? You get bonus points for this one if you get that one. I think I heard it, what? Swahili, very good, yeah, Swahili down there. All right, now going deep again, top one? Thai, there we have it, okay, bottom one? Arabic, okay. Why is it that you guys don't understand what those verses say or what those words say? You don't know the language, right? Okay, I can show you another picture here. What is this? Anybody know? Okay, the guys that are on the backpacking trip recognize this. The little white dot in the middle that looks like a snowball actually is kind of the consistent of a wad of snot or something like that. And we were trying to figure out what these things were on the tree. We think they were a nest or something like this. But again, because of the fact that you guys weren't there on the backpacking trip, you don't know what that is. And see, that's part of the deal that comes into how we look at life sometimes and how we try to understand things. We have this tendency to look at things through what I call the grid of our own perception. It's the way we kind of filter things out based on our experience, based on the way that we see the world. And what we need to do is we need to kind of have that lens be changed a little bit. Now, as I was thinking this through in terms of how to illustrate this, um, and okay, here's, so here's the text. So this is where, you, now for the next seven minutes, we're going to be watching a video, and during that time, even while I'm talking now, I have no problem whatsoever with you turning down and going to your cell phones. Those of you that pre-registered, you won't have to register again. You're already into the database, and so you can just start texting, but the rest of you will have to go through that little registration process um, and kind of walk through that. But as I was trying to think of a way to kind of communicate this whole idea that I'm trying to talk about this morning, about... Three or four months ago, back in March, uh, when I was looking at one of the news pages, this little blurb popped up on the bottom of the, the page. And it said, the next Susan Boyle has appeared on British Got, Britain's Got Talent. And that kind of really struck my eye. I thought, yeah, that's kind of interesting, because I love the story of Susan Boyle. How many know who I'm talking about? How many of you saw the clip when she first went on America's, I mean, Britain's Got Talent? Okay. I love that clip. I love kind of the story behind it. Well, this one kind of caught my eye. So I quickly jumped over there. And at that point in time, I was, I think, about number 12,000 or so that had viewed that video. So bottom line is, yeah, I'm a ways down the line. They've now hit 14 million views on this video that you're going to see in a few seconds here, okay? Some of you in the room may have already seen this. If you have, what I want you to do is I want you to go back as you text in your messages, what's some of your first impressions? Now, don't feel like you have to wait till you get to the end of the video in order to be able to text in your impressions, but throughout the course of the video and then even up until the end, just be texting in kind of what your first impression is about anything that you see on the video, observations about the people, you know, open game here, keeping in mind that anything that you text in will appear on the screen. Now, there is a contingency plan. I do have an edit button back there, and Luke can edit something out if we needed to at that point in time, but we're not going to have to unless you make some mistake. I mean, you know, who hasn't on their cell phone had the autocorrect put in exactly the wrong word that you want, don't want to put up there, okay? So if something like that happens, we'll just assume that's what the case was. Okay, so this is a video that when I looked at it, I won't give too much away here, okay? But 
I just want you guys to take a look at one of these things that happened this past season. And if I forget by the end of the message here this morning to tell you what the end result of the whole thing is, remind me, because I'll try to remember, but I forgot to write down a note to myself. So this is a video. I want you to look at it. Give me your first impressions. Tell me what you think. Charlotte's been a really big help for me in terms of confidence and making me a better performer and I really don't think I'd be going up on stage today if I didn't have Charlotte by my side. And do you think you could win? Yeah, together. Yeah. All right, good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go.
that you can move an audience like that. You sing beautifully together. It was world class. Thank you very much. Thank you. A pop voice and an opera voice together. It was incredible. Okay, this is what I think. Now, Charlotte, I think you're good, but Jonathan, you are unbelievable. An outstandingly good voice. Thank you very much. How old are you? 17. I mean, that's unbelievable. Jonathan, you are a future star. Thank you. I like the fact that this works as a duo, but I worry, Charlotte, whether you're going to hold him back. We've come on here as a duo, and we're going to stay here as a duo. Okay, David, we better vote, yes or no? Oh, such an easy decision, yes. Thank you. Definitely a yes from me. I think your voice complements Jonathan's really well, so don't be disheartened. It's a yes from me. You know, my head here would say to you, Jonathan, dump her. And then my heart would say there was something kind of magical at moments together as well. So. I'm going to say yes to the two of you. You've got four years. is the biggest response we've had today. Well, oh my god. Oh, oh I don't my pal. Do you think it could be life changing? Life changing? Well, yeah, to be honest. I think yeah. for you. Okay, here's some of the things that you guys put down. Unexpected, wow, awesome. Chills, Pavarotti in the making. Crowd reaction, stirring up some dust. I, I feel like his hair is kind of like a physical shield from the judgment of others. Whoa, what a voice. Um, how quickly sarcasm changes to amazement. Inspirational, Simon is a jerk. Um, the human spirit can get it right sometime. Okay, so what are we all doing? 
We're taking a look at this, and we're having a tendency to put it through the grid of our own experience. Now, as each one of you looked at there's probably things about yourself that you saw in that video. There's probably things that you might have seen in experiences that you've had before where you've observed that same type of thing happen. You know, where somebody walks into a room and you quickly make a judgment call based on what you see, what's taking place, you know, uh, in, in that particular setting. So how do we discern? How do we make a distinction sometimes? What is right? What's wrong? You know, each of us has our own perception the way that we look at things. Well, let me do a second trick now, okay? What I want you to do is I want you to go back to the um, text messaging again. And this time what I want you to do is I want you to put it through a spiritual grid. You know, very often when you look at what Jesus did as he preached and he taught, well, there's one of the films, there's one of the scenes in the Jesus film where it's talking about Jesus and he's telling the story of the sower and the seeds. And those of you that have seen the film, you might remember what Jesus does is he starts talking about the sower went out to sow some seeds. And at that point in time, Jesus reaches over and there's a grain, a bag of grain sitting there. And he reaches over and grabs that bag of grain and he just starts throw I mean, grab some seed out of that gra grain and just starts throwing it on the ground. There's other times that Jesus used the things around him to tell his stories, okay? What I want you to do is I want you to put on your spiritual grid for a second, and I want you to tell me what are some of the spiritual lessons that you see in a video like this. For myself, for example, the first time I saw that thing, it just brought me to tears. The friendship between those two is incredible. I'm reminded of, you know, the verse where it talks about a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So that's one of the first spiritual pictures that comes to mind for me. So what I want you guys to do is take a second here and just put some of those down. And Luke, while you can now, go ahead and switch to the other screen and bring it up there. Um, we might have to resort these to make sure the most recent ones appear at the top. Okay? So click on the ID over there to the far left, and it should resort them. Now I'll click it one more time, it'll go the other direction. Uh, no, the other way now, I guess. <laughs> or you can, there we go. Okay, so there we've got one. Some of the most influential people in my life have been the most unexpected. Okay? What are some other ones? Let's get, get a few more up there. Some other lessons, spiritual lessons. And we'll have to resort it again. I apologize that this ain't working. So, Luke, each time you'll have to resort by time. There you go. Okay, God is not impressed with the outward appearance, but with the heart. He uses the weak and the despised. Where are we getting that from? I mean, you guys are drawn upon the resources of your knowledge of Scripture, your resources of how God works to kind of form these opinions, okay? God works through ordinary people to create the extraordinary. Go ahead and hit the F5 key there, Luke, and let's uh, refresh and see if we've got a few more. Okay, they took the advice of their teacher. Wisdom and humility. <laughs> Do we need to hide one there? No. God made us... This is the danger of letting you guys preach the message, you know, this morning. But you won't forget it. Jeremy Clark's not going to forget it. <laughs> or Jeremy, did you... Can we check your phone? Okay. <laughs> God made us to operate in community and not in isolation. We are made to need each other. Okay, you guys are going deep. You're really going deep here on some of this stuff. 
the thing I want you to understand is part of the reason that we are able to go deep is because of the fact that we know the language. Remember when I threw the verse up there in the beginning? And you didn't understand what it was saying. You, had, you were clueless, other than the fact that it was a foreign language. Now, if you knew the language, and some of you may, had I put up Spanish, probably a lot of you would have got it. But there's, I picked some more obscure languages because it's a little bit harder to figure out. And, you know, for a lot of the world, trying to understand what takes place around them is a very obscure language. It's kind of like looking at Greek or looking at, you know, Thai or Swahili, some of those types of things. Okay, Luke, let's go back to the uh, PowerPoint there a second. Okay. Here's a statement. We all have a worldview, a way in which we view the world. But our personal worldview is often colored and limited by the lens of our own perceptions. We must strive to see our worldview come in line with God's worldview. It is only then that we can see the world in its true light. We need to see the world as God sees it. That second sentence up there, how our worldview is often clouded. I remember when I was about probably seven years old, I lived in a small little town up in northern Wisconsin called Pound. Really, Pound. It wasn't abbreviated LBS or anything like that. Actually, one time back in the mid or early 90s, Ultra Slim Fast wanted to do a marketing campaign. They wa the town only had 300 people in it, okay, so really small town. When we play, you know, we used to play Capture the Flag, and we'd say, hey, what, you know, what boundaries do you want to use for Capture the Flag? Do you want to just play on, you know, the left half, or do you want to use the whole town? Because we could basically, the, town, the city limits of the town were the boundaries for Capture the Flag. That's so small. Um, but anyway... When you walk down this alley to downtown, there was this one place I came to a building where there was another alley, a street that crossed to the left, and then it kind of went around the building and then joined back to the other street again. And I was walking downtown one day, and my neighbor from right next door happened to be walking up the street the other direction. And, you know, my little seven-year-old mind kind of, I loved playing with Tinker Toys. It would have been Legos had they had them real popular back then. But, you know, I loved playing with these things, creating things, figuring stif stuff out. Well, as I was walking down, I said, you know, I could time this perfectly if I turned left, walked around that building, came out on the other side, I would perfectly miss my neighbor. To me, it was just an experiment. I was just playing around. Well, I did that, and I got to the other side, and I turned around to see how well my timing worked, and I looked, and that neighbor was standing there with both hands on his hips. And he proceeded for about the next five minutes just totally ream me out and yell at me for not respecting elders, for not paying more attention to, you know, about, for being disconsiderate and all that. All I was doing was playing a little game. See, but each of us put it through our own worldview. We put it through the lens of the other person. I mean, we didn't. We put it through our own lens. What I needed to do was put it through the lens of the other person. Well, the other 316s, you know, we all know John 316. It's the verse that appears everywhere. It appears at football games. Um, very popular verse. Well, there's two other verses that both are 316 that I think give us some perspective on this whole topic this morning. The first one is a verse that you've been looking at. It's the verse that was up there in Thai. It was up there in Chinese. It was up there in Swahili. It's from Colossians 3.16. I love it from the New, New Living where it says, Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives, teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. In the, in the King James, I love how it starts out there where it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
as we look at things, as we look at the story of Jonathan and Charlotte that was up there on America, or Britain's Got Talent, as we look at that story, you know, we can put it through a lot of different grids, but when we have the word of Christ richly dwelling within us, it puts things, or it should put things in a little bit different light. We should see the world a little bit differently. We should see to the heart of a person. We should see more of those things that are, you know, not consistent with God's word be things that kind of begin to change. Another, the other 3.16 is 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The key principle up here is that scripture is something that is to be very active in our lives. You know, and there's the danger that we have of sometimes using scripture as just being something that we check off in the morning. You know, everybody talks about having a quiet time, starting our day right, and I'm all for it. I'm going through a study right now with Rick Warren. It's a daily devotional type thing, and I love starting off my morning that day. You know, the problem is, if that's the only, if that's the only influence that scripture has in my life, I'm going to be looking like Simon. I'm going to be, I mean, some of you guys put it up there. I couldn't find it quite on the screen there, but some of you called him a jerk. You call him so judgmental, you know? But how many times do we do that? If we're not letting Scripture be the thing that dwells in our hearts, and if we're not letting it be the thing like 2 Timothy here talks about, the thing that teaches us, it's true, it helps us realize what's wrong, it corrects us when we're right. I mean, that's the purpose, and that's what God really desires with his word, is for it to have that type of influence in our life. There's two questions that I want to just kind of leave you with at the tail end here. The first one is, in what ways am I letting the lens of my personal perception cloud what God is trying to say? Again, we have all these influences around us. One of the things that somebody taught me in college is not, you know, we're all going to blow it. We're all going to make mistakes. We're going to have times when we fail to do what God wants. The question is not if we blow it. The question is, how long do we stay down in the bottom? How long do we stay at that point where we're kind of waddling down in the midst of sin? You know, the goal is not to stop sinning. We can't do that. You know, we're, all, we're, we're living on this side of eternity. We're going to blow it. But the question is, how long do I stay down there instead of kind of moving up? So the first one is there, am I letting that lens, that incorrect lens, cloud my perception? And then secondly is, to what degree is God's word at the core of my worldview? We all have a worldview. We all have a way that we look at the world. We all have a way that we're letting it influence us. What's really important is to let God's word be the thing that influences us the most. I'm going to close with two stories here. Um, The first one, again, going back to not my childhood, but I went from a small little town of 300, and then I went to the University of Minnesota, up in Minneapolis, school of 45,000. Lived in the dorm, and if any of you have been up there, the Mississippi River goes right through the middle of the campus. And where the parking was for the dorms is they basically parked us down in the floodplain of the Mississippi River. A hundred and, I think, 29 steps down to the river parking lot. Minnesota, winter, ice, kind of get the picture, not the most favorite place in the world. Well, during my freshman year, I remember walking down there one time, and I had gotten a car to go to college. It was a Plymouth Barracuda, okay? Hot car, V8 engine, three-speed, you know, transmission, rear-wheel drive. Some of you guys were going to get the picture what the car could do, okay? Gas mileage, no, definitely no gas mileage. Anyway, really sweet little car. I parked it down there, 
and what happened is somebody broke into the car. I had made a um, kind of a homemade cassette player at that point in time where I had, my dad was a blacksmith and I'd welded together this little thing and mounted this little cassette player on the floor of my car. And somebody had broken this window on that uh, Plymouth Barracuda that was about four feet long. They broke my side window to steal my little cheap $10 cassette player. That was enough to get me ticked off, but they stole my Archie's Jingle Jangle tape. Okay, I'm, I'm really ticked now. The window was the big thing I was ticked about because I knew that was going to be a big expense. I stormed up every one of those steps. I was saying some words. You know, I grew up in a Christian family. I'd become a Christian. I'd made a recommitment to Christ the senior year of high school. You know, and I was really working hard at trying to walk close with God. I walked up every single one of those steps saying words that I knew I shouldn't be saying. I was so ticked off. I was angry at the world. I was yelling left and right, you know. Later that year, I got involved in a Bible study and started to understand a little bit more about what it meant to be walking in the power of the Spirit. Not trying to live the Christian life on my own, but rather letting Christ live his life through me. Gal the, the scripture from Galatians you know, began, began to be more and more of a core. Let the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. So I look back at that incident, and I realized at that point in time, that's what not was, was not what was controlling me. You know, I was being controlled by my emotions at that point in time. Junior year, fast forward, the Plymouth Barracuda was starting to cost me a little bit of money. The uh, local Chrysler dealership had a super sale going. They were actually selling a Plymouth Arrow for $29.95, just under $3,000. Now, you guys were looking up here before thinking, that guy's old. I'm really old. Now you're beginning to get in the picture. I bought a car, brand new off a lot, seven miles on it for $3,000, Okay. Took the thing home, went to my Bible study. Bible study leader popped in the front seat. We lived in this um, apartment complex that we actually had an underground parking. Again, Minnesota, it was a good thing. I popped out of the parking. My roommate, who was in the Bible study, was going to go over and check the mailbox. So he came out of the mailbox. Or not out of the mail. That'd be kind of weird to come out of the mailbox. He came out of the mailroom, and he was going to get in the back seat of the car. Well, in playing around a little bit of a game, he had an umbrella because it was getting ready to rain, and he was going to pretend to slam his umbrella down on the front hood of my car, you know? like that. Well, what happens to a collapsible umbrella when it gets a little bit of inertia and momentum? It expands, okay? So what normally, if it was only this long, you know, now all of a sudden it's three feet long, he had a little bit more range. Where do you think the end of that umbrella landed? You got it, right on the hood of my car car only had probably 200 miles on it at that point in time, and my roommate puts a dent in the hood of that car. Roommate proceeds to get in the back seat of the car. You know, I'm sitting up front. You know, what's going to happen next? Well, what came to mind at that point in time was Galatians. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. God was working in my heart. You know, I probably turned around, I think I called him an idiot or something like that. But, you know, deep down, it didn't bother me. It was God's car at that point in time, you know? That's what I'm talking about. In other words, you look at the lens differently when you see things from God's perspective. I, I told you I was going to tell you what happened with Simon. He came around. Um, the grand finale was just, or the final was about, I think, a week or two ago. Jonathan Charlotte did get beat. They took second place. They made it to the finale. They got beat by a dog, actually. Um, if you get a chance to see the video, the dog is pretty amazing, though, I got to tell you. It, it, it's, um, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not just singing. It's about other stuff, and the dog is pretty good. Dog doesn't sing. The dog dances, and dances really well. Um, I digress. <laughs> Simon came around. He apologized, and he said, Charlotte, I got it wrong. Because what took place at that closing session is Charlotte really led the show. And it's incredible what the two of them did. And that's, that's what we're talking about here is we're wanting to see the way, look at, lens through, look at life through a different lens. One other thing, just remember, I wanted to close with this. Uh, so, Jeremy, you're going to play for another second here yet because I had forgotten about this. Um, this is Memorial Day weekend. And, um, you know, we have some people that have served our country, have served us well. And it's not a language that I can speak because I've not been in the military. And I don't understand sometimes what some people feel and some of the things that they go through. Could I just have a show of hands if you personally have been in the military? Just go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. There's a couple, of, a couple in here. Excellent. How many of you had family members, a father, you know, mother, brother, sister, that were in the military? Okay. We've all been touched by it a little bit. And I just want to close again. I want you to kind of take, you know, we, have, we may have our own perception sometimes of what it's like to serve in the military and what it's all about. I had a coworker who had worked with me in the office for a while, and I just happened to see this on her Facebook, post, taste, Facebook page, a post there the other, a couple days ago. This is a language, like I said, I don't understand, but this is what I want to close with. I just want to thank God for the people who have served our country in the military and honor them, because this is Memorial Day. It's not about a race. You know, it's a day that we celebrate, not celebrate, it's a day that we remember as a country those who have sacrificed in a significant way. So as I read this um, from her language, this is Christian. She says, just heard of the death of a soldier in Afghanistan who is on patrol with someone I know. We had several deaths while I was in Afghanistan, and I remember standing at attention during the memorial ceremonies, unable to stop the tears. Crying in uniform is not good military bearing, but I was crying as an American citizen. Fiercely proud of their services and sacrifice and overcome with sadness for their families at the same time, it's a good reminder as Memorial Day approaches. Father, help us to see the world through your eyes. And even the fact that we remember our soldiers on Memorial Day is a reminder that we live in a fallen world. We're called out to preach the gospel. We're called out to bring the love of Christ. We're called out to touch those people around us. Help us to understand, Lord, that there's a different language that some people speak. And sometimes we not, we not understand it. Help us to step outside the world of our own language and to step into theirs, to see life from their perspective, and then ultimately to see it from your perspective. May your word be that which really is central in our hearts, that we might see the world the way that you see it. Help us to have your worldview, your name. Amen. Paul, I appreciate those words. appreciate you uh, teaching God's word to remind us of how to look at the world differently. We're going to take communion now together. And just as Paul was talking about celebrating Memorial Day and remembering the people for our country that have died and given their lives, we kind of move into communion. We do that every week here at Exodus. And we remember Christ's death on the cross. And him doing that for our sinfulness and his body that was beaten and his blood that was shed so that we could have eternal life. 
And so I'm going to say a prayer in a moment. And um, if you're someone who believes that and tries, though you're not perfect to follow Christ and you, you want that in your life, though perfection is not the standard, you're invited to participate with us. We just ask that you take a piece of bread and dip it into the juice. And um, you're invited to come up in just a moment after my prayer. You can take the bread and juice right there. You can take it back to your seat. It's really totally, totally up to you. There will also be people over here in the prayer room to your right. And if you have uh, anything that you want prayer for, there will be people there that would love to pray for you. Or if you have a spiritual decision, they would love to talk with you or answer any questions that you have. Let's pray together. Father, it, it was the cross that is the symbol for the anguish, um, the suffering that Jesus chose to put himself through. It was part of your divine plan, God, that he would be a perfect sacrifice for our mistakes and our sin. And so when we take this bread and this juice, we remember that sacrifice and we remember the love of the Father who sent Jesus to do those things. So may it be something that sticks in our brains. May it be something that changes us because we are able to participate and remember. In Christ's name, amen.